0: Welcome back, everybody! Another edition of the First Orange podcast. Denver Post Broncos beat reporters Parker Gabriel here, Ryan McFadden over there, way over there. As it turns out, this week the wonders of technology on a bye week. It's a uh, Halloween. It's the bye week, and it's trade deadline day. And out of all that, Ryan, the most uh, active thing that's probably going to happen is the trick or treaters that are going to start ringing on the doorbell pretty soon because denver did nothing at the trade deadline today um we'll obviously get into it but i guess first of all just like your initial impressions of what what turned into um you know a a do nothing day a a listen but ultimately zero trade day for the broncos
1: i'm surprised but not surprised at the same time i thought yeah i think we talked about in the last podcast like what would a victory over kansas city do to this you know due to this team when it comes to trade line approaches and at first like, I thought even with a win I thought they'd probably make some kind of move but I think by how they won the game on Sunday probably uh I can kind of understand why stay and stay in Stan pat because this defense has been pretty they've they've been pre- playing pretty well um the secondary hasn't has improved a lot since Justin Simmons is, you know has has returned from injury so I I feel like and knowing someone like, like like we've we've seen Sean Payne throughout this year, someone who, who seems like he's gonna do whatever it takes to win, I feel like he didn't wanna like, you know, if, when you got a team that's playing, that's trending in the right direction. Judy's has made uh some plays as of late that while you know, why let your foot off the pedal? So I understand why they made that move. It'd be inter- it'd, it'd be interesting to see how this season play out and does does bet it on themselves instead of betting towards the future payoff. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, I'm surprised, but not surprised. I think that's kind of my uh, general reaction.
0: Yeah, we can get, we'll get into Kansas City in in a couple minutes here, um, because when we talked about this last week, that was obviously before you know they played the Chiefs, and it's easy to say, well, if they beat the Chiefs, yeah, they hadn't beat the Chiefs in eight years, uh, and then obviously they go out and beat them, you know, 24 to nine, somewhat somewhat resoundingly, honestly. So that that maybe that did change it. I, I said last week, Ryan, and I, I still. Tend to believe that, like you, you know, you either need to retool your roster or you don't. And I don't know that a game against the Chiefs, a win against the Chiefs, um, really like changes the reality of where this team is with its roster. Saying that, though, one of the unique elements of where the Broncos were at with a bunch of the guys who you know, teams called and asked about in terms of availability. A lot of them have time on their contracts after this year, right? I mean, Josie Jewell was a free agent. Frank Clark, who they cut a few weeks ago, he was a free agent. A couple other guys who, like, maybe teams called and asked about, but wouldn't have been quite as obvious in terms of, like, you know, getting rid of somebody like Lloyd Cushenberry going to be a free agent. Mike Purcell is going to be a free agent. Like, they have a bunch of guys who are – Whose contracts are up after this year, but really the guys who you're talking about who got talked about most over the last few weeks Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Justin Simmons, even a guy like Garrett Bowles like they all have, um, you know, team control after this year. And all of these conversations about trading any of them, uh, cutting any of them to handle your cap, um, extending one or two of them, you know, whatever. Whatever the vision is, as Sean Payton says for the roster, um, that vision theoretically is still there in January and February, um, just like it was there leading up to the trade deadline. So I still think, you know, it's it's never easy to deal good players to get rid of good players. Um, you know, Jerry Judy's a good player, Cortland Sutton's a good player. Garrett is a good player. Um, they also only have six picks um for 2024 and they need young talent on their roster and so like we're just going to keep probably having similar conversations about most of the same group of players uh after this season but in the meantime um you know Sean Payton and and George Payton clearly saw enough over the last couple of weeks to say you know let's not sell just because um we can and when the price didn't come in where they wanted it they said all right well we're going to try to make a run at this thing uh you know and that like you said it'll be interesting to see how that goes i mean certainly it's a long road still back into playoff contention um but we're going to see if they can can make a run to it
1: yeah oh, yeah um hey I, i'm kind of curious like uh, i know the broncos did field you know field field offers uh even champagne said itself like when someone when buyers are calling and it's professional courtesy to answer that call you know to answer that call so i'm kind of curious i wonder like what like what was offered or what like what was played so like for example like someone like a jerry judy like what picks were offered and i wonder how much did that you know play factor as well because maybe they see it in a situation where let's say they were offered a bunch of late round, like a couple of late round picks. Mm-hmm. They probably look like, wow, well, maybe we might as well just, just keep them. And, yeah. and, and, and just push through and instead of, um, you know, and uh, just shipping them away. But yeah, it's, it, it's, I, I could see the optimism because of the way they played in recent weeks. Uh, but at the same time you got, you hit the point, you still got to think about art. Right, what's, what's next for what's yep. next for this team what's next for the franchise and it's something i'm just going back to something else i said last week is is trying to make a run and let's say make a run go nine eight and miss the playoff was that worth it when you could have had an opportunity to possibly you know improve your draft capital uh but it's you just beating the chiefs 24 to 9 i think that that, that was huge and i guess Right, right then and there, you can sense in the locker room. You can sense in the locker room that some belief was restored, and they're just gonna, they're just gonna, um, they're gonna fight their way. So we're just gonna have to, I guess we're gonna have to ride the wave and see how, how, how the rest of the season turns
0: out. Yeah, no doubt. I think you know it's gonna be interesting because there, there is, and we talked about this last week. I think there's some utility even if you come up short of the playoffs in in getting hot and, and, and getting in the conversation, if that's, if that's possible that just in order to parlay that into future success, um, you know, the, like Sean Payton's talked about the lions a lot. They started one and six. Um, they're led by Dan Campbell, who was his associate head coach, tight ends coach in new Orleans. Um, and so obviously he watched that situation closely last year, you know, they started one and six, they made the run, they came up just short and now they're really good this year. I mean, there's maybe some similarities there. There's also differences. I mean, that that was a, a probably a younger team last year than the Broncos are this year. And Denver, you know, like one way or another, um, they're going to come to some major decisions, not just on the guys that got talked about at the trade deadline, but with Russell Wilson and all of that. And so you could read, a lot into doing nothing at the trade deadline in terms of, of, Hey, maybe they really like the foundation of the roster and they're going to try to keep it together as much as possible next year. I I'd hesitate a little bit on that. I mean, I think it's maybe a little bit more of like you didn't get the price you wanted this time around. There's another round coming um, this winter and into next spring. And then you just sort of like see where you're at at that point. I mean, that's, that's probably as far as I would go um, on that. But I think you're right, Ryan, in that in the locker room after that, that win against the Chiefs, which we should we should talk about, um, there really was a sense of belief. And and that's one of those things in the NFL that, you you know, you never quite know when you're at that point, right, where it's like, OK, you know, we've got something here um, and, and only time will tell um, if this bye week came at a bad time for the Broncos, like given the the buoyancy that you get from winning a game like that. I'm. Um, it seems like you'd want to go out and play again the next week. Obviously you don't have any control over that Buffalo on the road on Monday night. going to be really tough here um, a week from a week from Monday, but you know, you, I can understand the reluctance, uh, even if I don't necessarily agree with it, it you know, in total, um, I can understand the reluctance of winning those two games, finally catching that sense of belief and then saying like, okay, Jerry, Judy, you know, you're going to wherever, San Francisco, Carolina, good team, bad team doesn't really matter. You're out. Um, You know, Josie Jewell, you know, thank you for your service. Um, We'll see you in a couple of weeks when we play Buffalo, like that, that, that would have an impact on the locker room. And so I understand that there's, you know, these are humans we're talking about. Obviously there's a balance in, trying to prepare for the future and then also trying to build on you know this little mini um run that they've been on the last last couple weeks
1: yeah uh like i I feel like you you hit all those points and especially like especially the human like is that chemistry part because you feel like all right they're starting to build it you know like every everyone's starting to you can start to see that sense of buying in so imagine just Now you beat the. It's not even like it wasn't even like it wasn't. It was twenty four to nine, and like defense just played lights out. Like, um, we're talking about a defense that gave up seventy points to the Miami Dolphins. So I am just I can see like that's why I like that point you just hit there was huge. Like, imagine you just you shut out. I mean, not shut out. You allowed nine points to the Chiefs. You forced five turnovers, two picks from Patrick Mahomes, and then you say, "Hey, Josie." Uh you're you going to Buffalo, man. I yeah. i if to me, if they wanna whether that's good for the future or not, if they are strong believers in making a run this year, I think right then and there, you I think that's just hard. Just yep. go in there and say, Hey Justin, uh thanks for getting that pick, but the, the Eagles are calling your name. Uh and we just we just sent you out we just sent you out here for the draft. I think that's hard especially if, once you just instilled that belief and you show that confidence that, Hey, we're just going to, we're going to fight through this and we believe in the talent we got, but there are going to be some questions that still needs to be answered as the season progress, like going into like, and going to the off season, uh, in the winter, or the spring, because this is um, this team is not getting any younger. And there's still spots there where it's like, all right, if, if we don't build off of this, what's the next step for us? Right. Right. And I think that goes back to a lot of the podcast. I think the last few episode podcasts we did was talking about the draft and whether they should, what should they look forward to? So it's good that this is going to be interesting to see what, what happens moving forward with, with, with this group. Um, yeah. I get the whole, I get the whole idea of, you know, just you know stick this through and that it can very well turn out to be a a positive after seeing what happened to Kansas City but at the same time it can like it can also maybe slap you right in the face if you don't actually build off that victory on Sunday um but it's but I think I think overall it's, it, it, to me I feel like it would have been hard I'm not saying they, uh not saying it's right or wrong but I think it would it kind of would have been hard like you you allow nine points to kansas city you allow i think you believe you average 50 you've you've allowed 15 points per game in the last three contests and then just tell some of your key guys hey we're 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 just gonna move on then right then and there to me i think whether i think right then and there that's kind of saying yeah we're just that's it that's that's the season right that's that's the season
0: yep yeah okay so let's talk about this like so obviously impressive performance 24 to 9 um you know the defense. First time in two years, Kansas City doesn't score a touchdown uh, in a game. It's the this most the wildest stat, maybe one of the wildest stats in football. It's the first division road game Patrick Mahomes has ever lost. Not just like against the, it's. It's the first time he's lost to the Broncos. First division road game he's lost. Guy's been a starter in the NFL this is what like his I think it's like a seventh year. Um, so that's I mean all impressive in its own right. Obviously he had the flu. Um, but all the same, you hold Kansas City to 275 yards, 4.8 per play, you know, 62 rushing yards. Like you say, you pick him off twice. Um, didn't let Travis Kelsey, you know, he got he had 60 yards about, but didn't let him go off. So, I guess, Ryan, like anybody in the NFL can have a good week, right? Like, it's a that's the way it is in the NFL. There's parity. Um, you know, you almost lose to Green Bay one week and then you and then you win pretty handily against Kansas city the next week. So what is it about, you know, the Kansas city game? And, and if you want to zoom it out a little bit over the, over the last couple of weeks, like what's portable, right? Like what can Denver, what do they have to take from those performances after the buy and, and in into Buffalo and build on um, if they're going to, you know, not just beat the bills, but, but let's say kind of get back to 500 or even a little better um you know over their next like let's say four or five games i think one of his things is just continue letting
1: make make the run game the offensive identity yeah i feel like that has worked really well for this team you've seen javante williams uh he looks like he got his game legs back he looks like someone who is confident and seems to be fully healthy now um I think maintaining maintaining that and making that the identity of the offense, I think that's key there. And kinda of let uh Russell Wilson be more like a game manager and like not someone that you have to rely heavily on. But if you you have seen this offense work well with Javante Williams and Jaleel McLaughlin and the way they're able to generate, you know, explosive run plays and Javante Williams someone that it, it it's he's hard to be it's hard for people to take him down and yep. how well they work in the screen game. So I feel like if, one thing I like go look at that Chiefs game and probably even the Packers game. Just like a team to make the run game that identity and build off of that. I feel like that's key right there. And then another thing is like those young those that trio of edge rushers are really showing some. Signs Nick Benito Baron Brownie coming back. Baron Brownie has played some really good football since, yeah. since you know, come, since uh, coming back. And I've liked what I've seen from him. Uh, so it'll be into I would love this kid seeing you know, to see them develop Jonathan Cooper as well. But for me, I think the team to make the run game, the identity of the offense. Uh, I know Sean Payne did mention that when, when he was asked, they're still trying to figure that out. But to me, I feel like it's right there for them to see. <laughs> I think it's to run the rock. Yep. run the right it, it's crazy to say in 2023 to like run the rock the, <laughs> the way the nfl has turned to like more of a, like a passing league but i that, that's what has worked and you know we, we've been in those games that press boxes early in the season where you sit there and jaleel mclaughlin will break for a 20 yard run or javante williams too and then all of a sudden they just abandoned it and you're just sitting there like why like yeah. what happened yeah. and and then when you look at Kansas City game they actually kept you know they kept pounding the ball kept pounding the ball and boom 40 carries 153 yards rushing and they were and they were able to control the game so i feel like right there i think if we're going to if if i'm going to take something away from what we saw for these recent weeks that I, that could possibly lead them to future success i think is right there with making the run game the identity
0: yeah it's crazy cuz there was even there was one i don't remember exactly when it was in the game there was one point in the game where uh Javante Williams had a 15 yard run on sort of like a little delay for a first down. And then they threw it three times and it was incomplete, incomplete punt. It was like five minutes. It was the, it was the second to last possession in the first half. So they got it with like five minutes left and that's, that's when it was. And I was just thinking like, man, here we go again. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. you going with the run and now you're going to get greedy and, and, and completely get away from it. But to Sean Payton's credit and to the offense's credit, like this time they didn't, they got back to it. Um, you know, they ran the, heck out of the ball in the second half um and javante williams you know he he had i was looking at the last two carries when you're they weren't even really trying to get a first down they just were trying not to fumble um at the end they kicked the field goal 40 seconds left or whatever to go up 24 to 9 um he lost seven yards on on the last two carries so before those two sort of like whatever giveaway snaps he's at 25 for 92 plus 13 receiving yards you know so you're, you're talking about you know, functionally speaking, he finished with 98 yards. He was over 100 um, before the last two snaps in total offense. And not only that, Ryan, I tweeted this the other day. They had – so they ran 65 plays on offense, right? Russell Wilson was sacked six times and carried it eight. That's 14. They had uh, seven incompletions, so you're up to 21. Of the other 44 snaps, so that's that's the completions, you know, completed passes and, and rushing attempts besides Russell's. 44 offensive plays, 39 of them went to running backs. Um, You know, 30 touches for Javante Williams. Uh, It was six for Jaleel McLaughlin, a couple for uh, three for Samajé Piran. So 39 touches for running backs out of 44 plays that, you know, a completion or a rush that wasn't Russell Wilson. Uh, 39 of 44, five for receivers, zero for tight ends. So it's not going to be like, it's not going to be that imbalanced every week, probably not at least, but like that was the, Hey, listen, we're just going to put it in our trio of running backs hands and trust that good things are going to happen. And they did for the most part, you know, I mean, wasn't perfect, obviously, and they, frankly, like there's a lot of room for improvement offensively. They finished with, you know, 240 offensive yards. Um, but Kansas City is also a really good defense. Um, and so when you're looking ahead, Buffalo's got talent, obviously. They haven't been particularly good against the run. Um, just traded for Russell Douglas today. So, um, you know, you got you got tough tests ahead um, with that defense and Minnesota's and, and Cleveland's coming up after the bye week to, to open. But they've got a pretty good offensive line, especially when it comes to run blocking. And I think the ability to try to – you know, slow some games down and and control the clock, and and that really, like, I think I think you're spot on. Like, that is their route to to controlling games, being in games, winning games. Yeah, we, yeah, I, you know, I agree with you there because yeah, think about it, this is not like this is not like
1: a team that to me is like it. it they're going, they're going to have to control games the way they are. Yeah, I, I if. I, from a talent wise, I don't think they're all the way there yet in terms of where they're up and you can just rely on Russell Wilson to continue to throw the ball and they are going to continue to put points in the board. I feel like when we start early the season, let's say the watch commanders game, they're up 23 to three, boom, it goes away. I feel like they're going to have to control the games. And I feel like they have the talent to run game to do that. Where once they, once they're able to develop a, a sizable lead, yet, yeah, just keep pounding, just keep pounding the heck out the ball yep. uh, on the ground. and, and their offensive line has has proven capable. Uh, although we have seen the inconsistencies in the pa- in pass protection, but in terms of run blocking, they I thought they've been really. They, I thought they've been solid there in that department. So, I know, like like I said, I know Peyton says they're still figuring out their identity, but to me, I think the identity is right there, and is you have three you have three running backs that are hard to take down. I'll just utilize them. I'll just keep utilizing them and and see see how and see how things work and then hopefully from there um they can you know start developing to the play action game having that more and doing that more consistently but yeah that 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 running game that they, they were solid there i think that was that was a huge difference maker uh i know we talked about the defense against kansas city but the ability for their ability to run the
0: game control the clock uh was huge against kansas city yep and then let's well, we should talk about the defense too um, because obviously it's been a it's been sort of a remarkable turnaround for for Vance Joseph and on that side of the ball and it, what's kind of funny about it Ryan is like you know on the one hand like it's not like they they didn't reinvent the wheel right They didn't panic and fire their coordinator. they didn't you know try to change a lot schematically or whatever. Justin Simmons was sort of like, I don't come up here and just tell you guys what he said after the game. He's like, I'll come up here and just say that we got to be better at communicating. Like just to have it sound good, like that's that's really what it is. It's about that and execution. But I will say, Ryan, like I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt that he's back on the field, uh, and that you know earlier in the season when when Caden Stearns got hurt and then Simmons was out, PJ Locke was on IR. They were really down to it in terms of having you know Kareem and and Turner yell. Now Kareem Jackson suspended but you've got PJ Locke to put in there next to Justin. Right. And that like, that's a, that's a big difference. Um, you know, Josie Jewell being missed a couple games early in the season to have him back and healthy obviously helps. Fabian Moreau has really settled the outside corner spot opposite Pat Sertan, you know, where Damari Mathis, talented young player, but he struggled early in the season. Um, they really, I think, maybe found something with Jaquan McMillan in in the slot. Um, after that was a Sangbassi's job at the start of the year, the young guys at outside linebacker showed they were up to the task. And so Denver got rid of Randy Gregory and Frank Clark. Like it's not they haven't reinvented the wheel, but they actually have when you look at it. Like they've they've swapped out a lot of parts on the car, sort of on the fly over the last month. And it really sort of seems like not only are they executing better and all that, but they sort of have found their mix of guys um, that, that Vance feels like he can be successful with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They have like, and like Jaquan McMillan, he plays hard, man. Like I I love watching him play in terms of like, like he gets in there and generate tackles for loss. Like he's making an impact uh, in the run game as well. Like he is like, he has, he has looked really good in the nickel stock, especially for a guy who has never played played the nickel until this year. So and like he has looked very good. I th- I think Fab- Fabian Moreau has looked solid since, you know, since replacing Damari Mathis. Yeah, and you're right. Like it, it really wasn't like it was just more of like, I feel like Van Joseph coming back and just trying to figure out all right, what's working? What what's yep. what's working for these guys? And I think we're starting to see this is what works. Um, I know like losing losing. Losing Randy Gregory is, is tough, as well as Frank Clark, because of the money that's tied that was tied to it. But I think he found something with Nick Benito. I think he's found something with uh, Coop, uh, with Cooper and and Baron Browning. Baron Browning has excuse me, Browning has come in and just you know play some play, play really good football. So I I think this the struggles were more of him trying to figure out all right what what's working. Yep. And, and you know, even though he, he like he has he spent time in here, but it's been a, but just coming back and just figuring out like just figuring out the, the guys on the roster. And then and also you had Justin Simmons, you know, dealing dealing with injuries to start the year. Now, now you look like he uh, now he's back on a consistent basis. And, he, and he's him, him having him back has been huge yep. too. Uh, having a having a veteran there in terms from a communication standpoint, him just being uh, one of the better safeties in the league as well, and being a ball hawk. I think, yeah, I think Vance Joseph's starting to figure out what's working for this defense, and it's paying, it has paid dividends recently.
0: No doubt. I think with Barron, and I'm sure we'll talk more about Barron Browning over the second half of the season, but the thing with Barron is when he got hurt in the spring, and this was when, you know, right around the time, that it was, it was about the same time that they signed Frank Clark. Part of the reason they signed Frank Clark is because, you know, Barron had this meniscus tear pop up that he had to have surgery on. They knew he was going to be out into the season at that point but when when Baron Browning got hurt, I mean he was he was good last year right like he, it was his first, last year was his first year playing outside um he showed promise he showed that you know the twitch and the explosion and all the things you're looking for in an edge rusher And so you knew he was going to be sort of like a key part of of Denver's plan defensively this year. but when he got hurt and then they signed Frank Clark, it's like okay, that's a key piece that they're going to miss for a while And I feel like maybe it got underappreciated you know just, the player that was on the side field for all of camp and then the start of the season, I was talking to um, Michael Wilhoy, the outside linebackers coach about this last week for a story that I wrote about Baron, And he said it too. He was like, I watched the film when I first got hired in, in February. And I was like, man, this guy's special. And then he gets hurt and you're learning your guys and you're worried about the guys that are healthy in there and whatever. And like you sort of lose sight of, of what Baron is as a player until he's back out there. And he's like, couple snaps into that green bay game i was like oh yeah that's right um this guy's really good and he's looked like that you know we'll see we'll see what he can do with it he's still a young player um you don't want to you don't want to say that he's you know upper echelon yet but he's got the traits for it man and and the early returns are really promising i saw someone say on sunday that he was he was dressed up as von miller for halloween uh, against the Chiefs, I thought that was pretty good because you know, like Von's Von's probably a hall of famer, so like you don't let's not put him quite there yet. But when you watch him play and you watch the way the angles he consistently takes to the quarterback and the pressure he consistently puts on quarterbacks and the issues that he provides down in and down out for for tackles, I mean that's that's what it looks like in the NFL, you know. And um, if he plays like that over the second half of the season, for for as as much of as much promise as Nick Benito and, and Jonathan Cooper have shown, and for the production that they've generated so far this year, like Barron's a little bit different in terms of what he can be. And if they if he becomes that over the second half of the season, that I think changes the complexion of of Denver's front seven, you know, by, by quite a bit.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, he, like he's he, he's playing at, at a high level, of just just two games after, you know, missing all of training camp OTAs. And he looks like a guy hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't lost stuff. Um, So I wonder, I know Sean Payne mentioned about uh, the, like he's got on a pitch count, but I wonder how long, you know, I would assume that he's going to be off of that very, very, (laughs) very soon the way like his type of production. And yeah, he's been fun to watch. He's been fun to watch these last two games. Just the just the way he like he comes off that edge, and then has those crazy sack celebrations, <laughs> uh, creative sack celebrations as well. But yeah, that I think that that's another thing that's just gonna change the way we look at this defense moving forward. Is if he keeps that if he keeps that up, and and they're able to you know create create that kind of pressure pressure on the quarterback, I think that's gonna be huge uh, moving forward and and that's and that's why i think another reason why you understand why you kind of understand why they say yeah we're just going we're just going to fight this through and see what happens um, but yeah what bram brown is very st- has has stood out right away i'm looking forward to see how he how he develops coming out out the bye week
0: there you go broncos are 3 and 5 they've won two straight they didn't make any moves to the trade deadline they strapped it in and said we're going to try to make a run at this thing in the second half um, numbers don't look great. I mean, you you know, if you look at New York times, humor sports, they're sort of in that like 6% ish, um, for making the playoffs, but you know, that's, um, you could also look at it and say, they're a game and a half out of the wild card, Right. So, um, you, <laughs> it'll be interesting. It's sort of in the eye of the beholder, whether you think it's realistic or not. Um, the quest for it's nine straight weeks, uh, starts a week from Monday, Uh, With Buffalo, we'll be back next week, obviously, um, as the Broncos get get back to work, Um, depending on exactly how it goes. And maybe Wednesday instead of Tuesday next week to make sure that we've at least got something new for you next week when we podcast. But uh, you can bet we'll have it all covered through the rest of the bye week. Our guy Ryan here will have sort of a midseason report card uh, later in the week. Get into the nitty gritty on, on the first eight games. We'll look ahead to the next nine. Uh and we'll get ready to go. Buffalo Monday Night Football is the next one up after the bye week. Uh, and then away we go down the stretch. And Ryan, you even got your first uh big fall Colorado snowstorm out of today, uh, <laughs> last weekend. So if there's inclement weather down the stretch, it'll be nothing new. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, that that was uh, snow snow hollow. I think that's the first time I've ever had a Halloween weekend where it it it, it snowed it had snow on the ground. So that that was That was quite interesting.
0: Yeah, there you go. So that's it for this week. Uh, For Ryan McFadden, Parker Gabriel, DenverPost.com slash Broncos for all the latest. Uh, Ryan, enjoy the bye week. Uh, Everybody else, thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you uh, in the second half of Broncos season.